0: All right, guys, so this, I want to be a little bit more of a discussion. If you guys want to raise your hand, throw something in there, that would be awesome. That'd be rad. That'd be so rad. So rad. Um, I don't even think that, oh, he wasn't listening. It's okay. All right, so if you guys, while we're going through this, are like, and you have a question, raise your hand, or just be like, if it's not, like, in the middle of a sentence, if I don't, like, point at you and say something, but I'm looking right at you, I'll get to you eventually. Don't worry. So, John 17, and get your Bibles ready for Colossians. It's a little bit more to the right. Colossians. Who can tell me what book is right before Colossians? Revelation. No? Philippians, because he looked. No. So Philippians and then Colossians. So go to Colossians three and go to John seventeen. And when you're there, say yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a week. All right, you guys are tired. It's okay. I'm tired too. I bet you you all got more sleep than I did though. So Colossians right? Colossians? Yeah, Colossians. Colossians 3, verse 1, and John 17, verse, I'll probably read from verse 15, okay? So we're going to talk about two different things today, Um, a few different things, and we're going to talk about some terms, and it's going to be really fun, and you guys are going to repeat after me a couple times. You guys ready to interact a little bit and wake up? It's like 11, like, it's 11.30, how are you guys still this tired? When I was in high school in this room, we had service at like 9, and that's like way earlier than 11.30. I didn't wake up till after 9 today. I don't know how you guys are still tired. Did you guys like party last night? Yeah. Yeah, party hard. Crazy. So we're going to talk about, who, who remembers what Aaron taught on last week? Do you just know right off the top of your head, you're like, One main word? Sanctification. There it is. So there's three main things that we, um, terms that we have as Christians um, that we're going to talk about today that bring us to where we are as believers in Christ. For those of us, I would assume almost all of us who are believers in Christ. um, The first one that brings us to sanctification is justification. Try it. Ready? One, two, three. Justification. One more time. Justification. Justification. Does anybody know what that means? Justin, justified. It's not like if if you're like you're hanging out with Justin a lot and you start like dressing like him. It's not justinified. Like you're becoming like him. No, it's justified. It's actually a legal term used by judges. Saying you are justified. And the way that I remembered it in high school, and then I was told later that's not actually right, it's justified, never sinned. Get it? Justified, never sinned. <laughs> justified. So it's it's the idea that we are declared innocent by God. The God of the universe, the judge of the universe, God has taken his big, awesome hammer sitting at the table, and he's been like, innocent. And it's a funny word. I learned it in Bible college. It's an imputed innocence, okay? Imputed. Can you guys say imputed? It means it was given to you without you doing anything for it. It was imputed to you by a holy God, by a just God. He's imputed his innocence upon you, and you haven't done anything to receive it. There's no reason why we should be justified um, because there's nothing that you can do and there's nothing that I can do. You can't memorize enough verses or pray enough times or come to church enough to become justified. You can't work on yourself enough to then be justified. Okay? You can't do it to yourself. And you trying to self-better yourself through whatever you're doing, trying to be a better person, be the best you that you can be, everyone always says all these super cliche things, um, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to be, you're not going to become justified through your own works. You can't. It's impossible because we are sinful and we're sinners. And as much as we try, we cannot justify ourselves. So how do we receive justification? Through God doing what? It's a funny word we just learned imputing it to us. So he imputes his innocence upon us, and now we're declared holy and spotless because of what he has done for us, okay? He's given us the innocence, and now we're justified. And that's a positional justification, how God now views you when you put your faith in Jesus. He views you as holy and... And he views you as spotless. Even when you don't view yourself that way, when you're washed by the blood of Jesus, you're now spotless and holy before God. Okay? Justification is the first step. Right after that, the next word is adoption. We all know that word. That one's not funny. Adoption. The idea of adoption um, is something that we're really... Is there anyone in here that's adopted? One person? So you probably understand this idea better than the rest of us because all of us have parents. And sorry guys, but none of our parents chose us. They just got what they got and that was it. Except for Josh. You're a little bit more special than us because your parents said that one. And they picked you and you were now adopted. Um, And so we are... In one way, the God of the universe is a judge who grants us justification as a judge would do, and at the exact same time that that happens, he adopts us as his kids, okay? Those two things happen at once, simultaneously. We are justified and adopted. Um, So when he looks at us and when he sees us, he sees us as holy. He sees us as his kids. Even though we haven't worked for it, he's given it to us. And even though we've done nothing and can do nothing, he has granted us innocence and he's adopted us into his family. Um, so now we're blameless in his sight. And it's, it's, a, it's a position now that we hold with God. It's a positional holiness. And it's not because um, of us. It's because of God. But God wants more for us than just a positional holiness. Okay, you guys track him with me. He wants more for your life than you to just be positionally holy with Him. He wants more for my life than for me to just okay. I've been adopted. Um, I've been justified, and now I hold this position of holiness before God. Um, And if we stop there, then we're not experiencing what God has for us. He shows us what he has for us um, through this process of um, the third word and what Aaron taught on last week, um, sanctification. Can you guys say that one? That was like worse than the first one. You guys are supposed to get better every time. Sanctification. Ready? Sanctification, so we are first granted innocence by him judging us that way. We are justified. He adopts us into his family, and I'm sorry to break it to you guys, but you can't work for that, and the last thing, sanctification, um, is the process in which your life and your heart is being transformed to look more like Jesus, Okay? So he's transforming you to look like himself. Um, and it's not like justification, and it's not like adoption in the way that you don't work for it. Um, it's different in the sense that we work alongside God in the process of our sanctification. Um, it's something that he does in us and through us by his spirit, Um but it requires us to put in effort. We're not going to become sanctified by sitting on a couch and eating hot Cheetos all day. You don't become sanctified that way. You get really bad diarrhea that way. And that's all that happens. Who here eats hot Cheetos? No, what are those other ones, those weird ones that you guys eat now? You don't eat them anymore? What, are you like too cool for Takis now? That's true. That's my point. They give you, and that's why you shouldn't eat those things because they don't sanctify your body. So in the same way, we don't put things like talkies into our soul because it gives our soul whatever you... Hey, that's... You guys said it, not me. Um, so he's actually after... God is after a manifest holiness in our lives, in your life, in my life. He's after a manifest holiness. We are seen as holy by God. We're seen justified as God. But you guys know as well as I do that there is nothing about me that God should look at and say, wow, you're so holy. Wow, I'm really glad that you gave that homeless guy a dollar. You're the most holy person I know now. There's nothing that we do that grants us that before God. Um, But once we get to that point, he wants us to become more like him. Um, And the idea of it is actually kind of difficult because as humans, we have this tendency and this nature to need to work for what we get. Um, and so it's hard because God's doing it through us and he's doing it to us, um, but we didn't do anything to earn it. So when it comes to sanctification, we feel like we have to fight for it and we feel like we have to like scratch for sanctification and to become holy, but it doesn't happen in a moment. It doesn't just, you're not saved and then you're sanctified. You're saved and then the rest of your life, you're going to be going through this process of sanctification okay so what are the three terms no wrong sorry justified starts with an a adoption and then sanctification and the funny word imputed is under justification, and he imputes his justification to us, okay? I don't know why they used that word, imputes, but it means like something like it was given to you without you doing anything. It's fancy. Um, So imputed is under justification, but under sanctification, there's a couple words that we're going to learn about. So I'm going to read John 17, okay? I'm going to read through this, and then I'm going to read through Colossians. So John 17, verse 15, who's there? Say, yeah, yeah. Verse 15. You might have to scroll down a couple pages if you're on your iPhone, especially if you're on an iPhone 4, because the pages are smaller. Has anybody seen the iPhone 7 yet? It's pretty cool. No, let me see it. Drop it? Oh. I don't know. It looks just like my iPhone 6. I heard that it can go six feet underwater. How come the home button doesn't work? It's broken, guys. The home button doesn't work. All right, so I gave you guys enough time. You guys there? You guys in John 17, verse 15? You guys should be there. If you're not there, then you're never going to get there because you're not trying. Yes. Oh, no, you're not supposed to raise your hand. That's a question. When you're there, you're supposed to say, yeah yeah? yeah, yeah? All right, perfect. John 17, verse 15. Read along with me in your heads, not out loud. I, Jesus speaking, okay? Not I, but Jesus. Red letters. Does everybody see it in red letters like I do? It means Jesus is speaking. You have a question? Oh. You're supposed to go, yeah, yeah? So, Verse 15. I do not ask, he's praying to God, I do not ask that you take them, us, out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They, us, are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Do you guys track me on that one? Okay. Turn over to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Yes, it worked. You guys have to do that from now on. No matter where you are or what church you're at, or if you're in this room, when he says to go to the verse, just go, yeah, yay, from the back. It'll be awesome. Um, I only heard one person that's there yet. Yes. Sweet. All right, you guys are in. Colossians. So we're gonna read through that and then we're gonna bounce back and forth between John 17 and Colossians 3, okay? So keep your spots, okay? 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 Hey, hey, enough about the iPhone 7, it's okay. We're learning about Jesus now. So Colossians 3, verse 1. And we're gonna to read to verse 5. If then you have been raised with Christ, comma. Let's read that again. If then you have been raised with Christ. Let's stop there for a second. If you have been raised with Christ, sanctification is for people who have been justified and adopted into Christ. He says, if then you have been raised in Christ, and then he's going to say more things, What that means for us that are raised in Christ is that we need to be constantly being sanctified. And that what what that means for us looking out at people who haven't been saved is we can't expect them to live sanctified. Okay? You guys tracking with me? We can't not be going through sanctification otherwise we're just standing still and nothing's happening and we're just getting okay with where we're at. But We can't look out and see people who are outside of Christ and say, they're living like a bunch of sinners. Yeah, because we're a bunch of sinners, okay? So you can't look at them and start judging them for not living lives that are being sanctified. So if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Um, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. It's a heavy one, right? Right? Right. Oh, yeah. So, if you have been raised in Christ, then you are to, what does he say? If you've been raised in Christ, set your mind on the things that are above, and put to death the things that are on the earth, okay? So we're going through this process of sanctification, and we're called to set our minds on Christ. Um, So with sanctification, we're going to learn two more words, and they're awesome words, and this is going to be like a little Bible college class, okay? You guys are going to have to repeat after me again first word that the early church fathers used for sanctification is vivification. 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 Like sanctification. Vivification. Okay? Vivification. Say it fast. That was like a B minus. Ready? Vivification. Vivification. vivification is the renewing of your soul, okay? You can write that down or just drill it into your noggin somewhere if you can remember that. Vivification is the renewing of your soul, okay? So as we're going through this process of sanctification, what's happening inside of us is vivification. And this vivification is gonna keep happening over and over and over And it's a renewing of your soul and a renewing of your mind. Um, How many of you guys have lived at like a certain house or do you guys have jobs yet? For a long time, for a long period of time and then moved. Okay, like you were there for a really long time and then now you're somewhere else and somewhere different. Yes. Yes. Yeah, James is right. You just have to make it up in your own mind. Okay? So if you've been at a certain place for a long time, and then you move, if you're in the car, how many of you guys drive yet? I was thinking you guys are all driving. How many of you guys were driving? It doesn't even matter. How many of you guys were driving when you were at the house you were at before? Oh, this is only, okay. So imagine that you had been driving to the same place for a long time. For me, I lived at my parents' house for a really long time and then I moved to a little studio over off Wormlands and I lived there for a year and a half and then I moved over to somewhere else in Vista. But I was at that house for a year and a half and every time when I worked at the church I'd pull out of the parking lot and I'd go right, sit at the stoplight and I'd turn right to go to my house. But now, after I moved, I have to turn left. And it sounds really lame to say out loud, but it took me like probably three weeks to get used to getting out of the parking lot and getting over into the left lane. Because there was a time where I pulled out and I went right and I was driving and I got halfway to my old house and I was like, you're kidding. And I had to make a U-turn and go all the way back home, all the way back across Vista, so far I know. but. What was happening is as I w- that was weird as I was getting used to living somewhere else, vivification was happening inside of me. Okay, it was a renewing of my mind. So I literally had to retrain myself to where I had to go. So we come up to the light, and we used to turn right, but now we turn left. Okay, so. The way that you guys are living your lives, when you become adopted and justified and you're going through sanctification, you have to retrain your mind to not go right and not go to the things that you used to do, but you have to go the opposite direction and follow after the things of Christ, okay? Does that make sense? Vivification. Say it. Vivification. Okay. You guys are never going to forget these words. will forget these words so the second word the second thing that happens it's an awesome word it's really powerful and dark when you first hear it mortification okay mortification like i'm mortified okay you guys remember all these terms still okay justification adoption sanctification vivification happens during sanctification and so does mortification okay These things are happening at the same time. Mortification is putting to death our old self, okay? So the two things that it talks about in Colossians, for when you have been raised in Christ, you are now to put your mind on the things of Christ, the things that are above, and not think about the things that are on earth. So vivification and mortification. We're actually called to put to death the old way. Not kind of mow over the old way, but put it to death. Like when you have weeds growing in your yard, you can get out the lawnmower and you can like cut them down shorter, but those weeds like the next Saturday are going to be right back where they were. And you can weed whack them down again and cut them short, but then they're just going to go right back to where they were. God doesn't call us to try and tame our sin. God doesn't tell us that we need to try and control what we're going through because guess what? You can't. God doesn't want you to try and tame this lion that is going like, to come and devour you because without Christ, we can't stop sinning. So he calls us to mortification through the Spirit, putting to death our old ways. Um, And that happens, and we want to do that, bouncing back to adoption, okay? We've been adopted by God, by a holy God, a good father, which I know we've heard this a lot, but our heavenly father is not like earthly fathers how many of you guys had like you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. but like daddy issues like you didn't have the best dad growing up so you have like a messed up dad life or maybe you have a stepdad and one of them's cool and you like the other one more or going even as far as how many of you guys like me and Bobby did had a cool dad and he was always around it was awesome either way At some point, when you guys are going through high school, you realize, oh wait, my dad isn't perfect. If you haven't realized it already through something that he's done, you're going to realize it as you get older, wait a second, like he's not like what I thought he was, like he's another human and he makes mistakes and he's fallen short here and he's done this. So we see that example of a father And whether we had a good or bad experience, we're told that God in heaven is our heavenly father, and we can associate that idea with the two things. But our heavenly father is not like our earthly fathers, as good as our earthly fathers could be. Whether you have the best earthly father, your dad is awesome, he falls dead short in comparison to our heavenly father. So our heavenly father loves you enough to send his son, Jesus, to the earth to die for you and for me, okay? So because of that, because we've been adopted into this family and because we've put our faith into Jesus, if you have, for Colossians says, if you have been raised in Christ, then why would you want to just mow down your sin and try and tame it? And try and control it. When you know you can't. When God's already told you that you can't. Um, sanctification is about pressing into the Lord and having our minds renewed. Um, and putting everything in our life to death that is not of the Father. That is not holy. Holy and there're things that in scripture are pointed out as sin that are very explicitly sin. And those are obvious things that we need to uproot. Not mow over the weeds, we need to uproot them, put them in the green bin and let the truck take them away. Okay? We need to completely get rid of our sin. But I believe that there's things that affect us negatively You guys tracking with me? Say vivification. Okay, you're tracking with me. So there's things that affect us negatively that aren't explicitly sin. And those things are gonna be different for everybody. What affects me negatively might not affect you negatively and what affects somebody else, you can't say, oh, that that affects me negatively, so they're in sin for doing that. There's different things for everybody because there's a lot of things that aren't explicitly written out in the Bible as sin. But for you, if it's affecting you and your relationship with God negatively, and this God that loved us enough to adopt us, and this God that loved us enough to declare us justified, if we're putting our faith in him, then why would we want to hold on to these things that aren't of him? Because we can't control it. We cannot control our sin. And if it's affecting you negatively in regard to your love for the Lord or your passion for the Lord or your desire to follow after the Lord, then it needs to be uprooted. It needs to be completely taken out, and that's going to be different for each and every one of you. So outside of explicit sin that's laid out in the Bible, there's going to be a lot of things that you're like, man, this isn't in the Bible, but when I do it, I feel convicted and I feel wrong about it and it feels bad. And it makes me not want to follow after God. And those are things that we need to uproot too. Um. Hmm. What time do we have till? Okay. Or earlier. Does that mean you want me to end? Jeez. Um, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that would be the worst. Can you guys imagine sitting right where you are for the rest of forever and just listening to me tell you all these things and going, vivification? Say it with me. <laughs> that would literally be the worst thing I can imagine. That would literally be the worst thing ever. You hey, watch Parks and Rec? Don't watch Parks and Rec. (laughs) Don't watch Parks and Rec. Um, You guys tracking with me? You feel me? You guys feel me? You picking up what I'm putting down? Ooh, speaking of. Okay. So let's flip back over to John real quick. John 17. Get there quickly. And when you're there, what are you going to say? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I haven't heard any of the guys do that yet. It's all girls. Oh, you were just doing it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So here's the thing. Here's something that we need to keep in mind. Because as we talk about sanctification, when you first hear it, it's like, it feels really warm and fuzzy when we're talking about justification. Like, oh, yay, I'm not dirty anymore. Or, oh, yay, I've been adopted. Like, that feels really good. And then we're like, and then you need to be sanctified. And you're like, oh, that word's pretty. And you're like, oh, and then we need to become sanctified. And then you, like, start hearing, like, wait, but I didn't have to do anything for adoption. And I didn't have to do anything for justification. But now I have to, like, work at being sanctified? Like, I have to put effort into this? And then you're like, hmm, I think I'm okay with where I am. Like, me and God are cool. I don't think I need anything more than what I have. Like, I'm just going to cruise right where I'm at because I don't really feel convicted about things, but I know that I'm going to heaven. Um, And so this idea of sanctification becomes something that we're like, ah, I don't really know if I can do that. I don't really know if I have the strength to do that. But if we look back, Jesus, um, Jesus didn't leave his disciples to sanctify themselves. Okay? He has us take part in it, but he doesn't just leave us with, I've adopted you, now you better become holy. Like, I've given you this list of, th- of things to do, so now just work at being holy. No, he fills us with his spirit and alongside just following his spirit, we become sanctified slowly and slowly and slowly. So just like you can't on your own become justified and you can't adopt yourself into God's family, okay? Just like those two things, you can't sanctify yourself. You can't sit there in a self-betterment class in like a meditation position and be like, Ugh! and try really hard to sanctify yourself. Nothing's going to happen unless you ate tacos that day. Um, So we've been sanctified through Christ. um, We're being sanctified through Christ. Um, And there's a few different ways really quickly that we're going to go over that are very practical and very... um, God, I think that God looks at us. I know that God looks at me and he's like, man, if I gave him like a task, like that's really difficult, or if I just left him to it, there is no chance that he would ever get close to even beginning to be sanctified. Okay? Right? You feel me? Feel me, iPhone 7? You feel me? So there's no chance that on my own, God can look at me and say, he's going to be sanctified on his own. So I think that God has laid out for us a few very obvious ways to become sanctified. And if you guys are like me and you need things to just be laid out in a very obvious way, then I would remember these things and I would work at these things. And by being filled with the spirit, I would do these things. And the first one is Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So the main idea behind sanctification is truth. Okay? That's how we can become sanctified, is by the truth of the word of God. We have this whole letter that God has written us And even in just the gospel, if we could just read through what Jesus actually said while he's on earth, the Sermon on the Mount, if we just like focus on those things even, it's going to be, that's enough for the rest of your life to try and work alongside God to be sanctified, just the things that Jesus said alone. So pick up your Bible, read it, read Mark. It's really good and it's short and it's 16 chapters, I think, and the rest of them are a lot more. Um, But read through Matthew to John. Four different accounts of the same story. Have any of you guys just like picked up your Bible and just read through? I remember when I was in Bible college, um, I did something that was really cool. And if you guys want to copy me, it'd be really good for you because it was really good for me. I opened up John and I wasn't like, oh, a chapter a day keeps the devil away. Like it wasn't like that. I started reading, and as soon as I saw something that Christ did, that that day I could apply to my life, that I saw like Jesus said this, and I'm like, oh dang! I would shut my Bible and I just think about that for like 15 minutes in the morning at Bible college every day, and I made it like three and a half, four months. I made it to like John five, I think. Like I didn't even get through a book of the Bible in four months, and While somebody could be like, oh, that's sad. Like, you didn't read that much. It was one of the best things for me because I wasn't just reading through every single day just to get my Bible reading in and, oh, I just washed myself in the Word, like all that stuff. I wasn't, that's good, but I wasn't just doing it because I was told to do it. I was reading through John and taking things that Jesus did and applying it to my life. And that worked for me because I don't like reading a lot and I like thinking about, like two verses at a time, you can literally like open up anywhere in John, point to it, read it, and you can apply that, what Jesus did to your life. Especially like when he went into the Pharisees and flipped the tables over and made a whip. It's pretty awesome. I went into um, the bookstore that day at the Bible college and I just knocked all the books off the shelves and I took the money and I was like, you thieves. And I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. That would be awesome though. I wish somebody would do that. Just to get a good video of it. Go viral on YouTube. Um, So, reading your Bible, sanctifying yourself um, with his word. And then there's another way I think that God... um, I think that this might be the most common way that we're sanctified. We're almost done, guys, so track with me. The most common way I think that we're sanctified and go through this process of sanctification is with difficult relationships that you guys have with other people. With your parents? Yeah. With each other, the people you're sitting next to? Yep. With whoever you're hanging out with at school? Yes. When you're married with your spouse? Yes. Okay? Those ideas of... um, Because I think, and... um, I was reading this thing when I was um, studying for this and it made a lot of sense to me. It was this idea of when you are in a relationship or you have a friend who, um, who things are starting to get like a little rough with, while there's a time and a place to cut out friendships and stop hanging out with people, I think that we need to be really slow to do that. Because I think that our generation is growing up in a way that um, it's really easy for us to step back and be like, man, every year I have a different friend group. And if that's you, I would encourage you to look at that and say, why do I have different friends all the time? Maybe they're moving away or whatever, that's different. But if you're choosing, like, Ugh, I don't want to hang out with them anymore. I don't want to hang out with them anymore. They did this. And you're living a life that's like constantly pointing at other people and saying they backstabbed me they were talking about me they did this I'm going to go to this group of friends and you're like a year later you're like oh you guys are doing this and doing this and you're just like moving away every time things get difficult I would encourage you guys to not do that and I think that that's why the idea of church and I was talking to Conrad about this of big church is so appealing to people and why a lot of people like will get out of a small church where they have like a close-knit family and I don't have anything against small or big church but they'll go to a big church like a high school group say five times the size of this do you guys agree that it would be a lot easier to go into a huge room crowded with people and hide and just sit in the back and maybe say hi to a couple people and then people are like oh how are you and you're like oh I'm good And they're like, oh, how's it going? And you're like, yeah, everything at home's fine. And really, like, your parents are getting divorced and your brother's, like, using heroin and you're, like, thinking about doing, like, all this crazy stuff. And you're just like, oh, yeah, man, I'm good. Like, how much easier is it to just hide in a group of people that you're not personal with than with a small group of people? that you can actually open up to. And I would really, really encourage you guys to have friends that you can open up to. Because God has put you in the people's lives around you. God has put you in your parents' life. God has put your parents in your life and your siblings in your life as much as you guys might get in fights and feel like you hate each other. You are God has put you with the people that you're with to sanctify us. Um, And that happens most in strife and conflict. David in Psalms talks about how his heart has been renewed and he's talking about all these things. And he says, Lord, this has happened because of your heavy hand on my life. Like God's being heavy handed with him. And not just letting him have a cool breeze day where everything's fine and he has all the chicken and drinks he could ever want, like sitting where you see like kings in movies and they're just like, oh. Like he's not just letting us live these lives of, I think that that would be God's, um, God's wrath on us. We feel like, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you putting me through this? But I feel like more often than what God's letting us go through and learn and be sanctified through it would be more of God's wrath to just step back and be like, "All right, like you can just float by, you can do your thing." I think that that is partially, maybe, what God's doing with America right now. I don't know. I feel like that's what's happening. Like He's just like, "All right, you guys want to do what you want to do? Like I'm hands off, and see what happens." And I think that that's what happened. That that happened over and over and over with Israel. And I don't want that to happen in your hearts. So don't push away God, don't hide from conflict, don't hide um, from strife, Um, and don't, don't push away from other people, and when things get hard, don't go into a shell and hide from it, because God can use those things, even though they're not ideal, he can use them, even though he might not be causing them, he can use them to sanctify you. Because no matter what, you think that your life's the worst, we're all going through things. And as much as God doesn't want pain, he will use pain. And he'll use that pain to sanctify you. Um, And I think one more place that we can become sanctified, um, and sanctification can play itself out. We're almost done. Track with me real quick. Um, is the idea, so so we can be sanctified if we don't push away and we dig into those relationships and we let iron sharpen iron and fire and the iron's banging together and it's not pretty, but at the end of it you have like this beautiful sword. So so it's not going to be pretty to go through the things, but you'll come through it more sanctified than you were. And the second place, um, I think that sanctification is hard and it's a hurdle and it's... um, what I was talking about before, like mowing over, is the idea of, um, it's, when, it's with addictions, okay? It's with addictions to whatever you're addicted with. Um, we feel like we can control it. And we're trying to deal, when it comes to addictions, we try and deal with the symptoms, right? We're looking at it, and it seems right. We're like, oh, man, I'm addicted to this. like, I need to not do that. I'm going to try really hard not to do this. And we're trying to mow it down and control it. And that's all that we're doing with it. We're mowing the sin down and the weeds are just going to grow right back. But if we take it to God and if we confess it, whatever it is that you guys have going on, whatever it is that's in your hearts, whatever sin it is, if we take it to God and let it be uprooted and taken away, it's the best thing that you can do because trying to contain it is not going to work. Um, So this idea of sanctification is something that that we do alongside God, and you can't do on your own. And it's something that you go through once you've given your life to Jesus. And it's something that we're going to keep going through for the rest of our lives. So we've been... Adopted, we've been justified, and those happen at the same time as soon as you give your life to God. And then after that point, for the rest of your life, you're going to be going through this process of sanctification, and it's oftentimes not pretty, and it's most of the time not fun. Um, But if we don't push away from it, then it will be good in the end. Um, After you come out of the other side, it's better then hiding from it and pushing it away. And um, it's like with the relationships with people. If you guys are just like avoiding people and not letting people into your life, God has put those people in your life to speak to you and to use them in you. And if you're not real with each other, and I'm not saying just like start walking around with everyone and they're like, hey, how's it going? You're like, oh, I'm doing awful, man. This and this and this is going on. They're like, oh. But if it's people that you're like close with, you need to have close friends that you can trust, that you can talk to, that aren't going to start gossiping behind your back when you tell them things. You need to have friends that you can trust first and that's only going to happen by slowly being real with people and forming relationships and allowing um, the conflict to make you more like Christ because God will use that and you can't self-better yourself Um, and I think that trying to self-better yourself is worse almost than doing nothing because you're never going to get to where you want to be but you're going to keep working for it and you're going to feel like a failure over and over and over but if we give it to God and we let God sanctify us and we work alongside him through that then um, then it'll be good you feel me? Yeah? You're sipping what Um, what'd you say? Sipping what I'm drinking? Picking up what I'm putting down? Feel it? Say, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome, guys. Conrad hates that for some reason. I don't know why. He shakes his head no at me every time I say it. All right, I just want to make sure I said everything that I need to say. Yeah, so just remember those words. What are the two funny words that happened during sanctification? Vivification is renewing your soul, putting your minds on the things of Christ, and mortification is putting to death your old ways. And you have to do those two things, like a, like a dance. You have to put it to death. You have to, like, Jesus-juke your sin, and put it to death, and renew your mind. And while God does that in you, he calls us to set his, our minds on him. And when you do that, and when you set your mind on him, you will start to be sanctified. Trust me, it works. Um, Awesome. That's all. So rad. So rad, guys.